Hello and welcome along to match day 22 of the World Game Live here at SBS. My name is Lucy Zelich and I'm your host for the day. And joining me as always every Monday, it's a very warm welcome to you, Nick Stoll, aka Lucy, Stolich. How are you? I'm very well. It's good to That's see you. That's good. It's good to see you. Tell us, what are you wearing today? Uh, I am wearing a shirt by the great people at Football Cult, Anthony Siokas. Uh, he sets that all up. And it is a tribute to one of the all-time great uh, Australian goalkeepers, Clint Butzer bolton um, Butzer, of course, uh, was a commentator here with SBS. And, uh, Still is occasionally. Yeah, he and, can um, give us his time. Yeah, exactly. And spent a lot of time. And a great, great dude. I played beach Unreal. football with him many a time. And him and Zrilla would often fight over the rules <laughs> of the game and the score. So I'd love to see him play this. Now, this, yeah. before we get to that, um, I'm actually wearing, for those of you oh, who yes. may not know, um, it's this hideous uh, 2018 Spain away kit. Mm-hmm. And I say hideous because I thought that they could have done much better. They could have. Um, but I've rolled this one out. Both just for the, on the kit. And on the pitch. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've rolled this one out just because I thought it was a part of the repertoire and it um, deserved to get a bit of a run. Yeah, exactly. Spur, uh, even though Spain didn't have that good of a run at the World Cup, as no. you mentioned. I'm glad you said pitch because how freaking cool yes. is this? I'm petitioning to have this as part of our set um, on a permanent basis now. Um, and it's from a guy uh, called Steve Detre, who was the event services director of sports of this very cool initiative here. Now, the Australian Table Football Grand Prix will be staged in Sydney from January 19 and 20. Yep. The venue Next weekend. Will be, yep, the venue will be the Margaret Whitlam Recreation Centre in Waverley, which is very close to Bondi Beach, so it's the perfect mm-hmm. location for a summer tournament. They're expecting more than 60 elite players from around Australia. They've got clubs in Perth, Melbourne, Hobart, Canberra, Illawarra, Sydney and Brisbane. Plus, players from Singapore, Japan, Malaysia, and Indonesia are planning. They're actually planning to attend this tournament. It's amazing. They've got three categories that are going to be contested: the Open, the Women's, and the Under 19s, and then a teams event on Sunday. Now, the sport for those of you that may know, the classic uh, Italian pronunciation of it is subuteo, and it's based on that. But the playing equipment for elite players is of a higher standard. This particular kit is worth about, it's a starter kit as well, it's worth about $80 and it comes in a box like this. Uh, You get two balls plus your, uh, I think you've got 22 figurines and then a couple of spares as well. Um, But this is perfect for kids, it's great. Um, but those, um, the, the elite teams, they're using these like epic kits yeah. in excess of hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mate, the um, pitch looks better than Wanderers Stadium <laughs> half the time, let's be honest. <laughs> it looks a lot better than oh, yeah. The, some of the, yeah, some of the A-League players will be like, woof, wouldn't mind playing on that. It's, yeah, it, it, look, it's, it's very, very cool. Um, yeah. I think it's a great thing um, for everyone to get involved. Spectators at this tournament across uh, the 19th and the 20th of January are more than welcome. And yep. big props uh, actually to uh, Steve Detter who reached out to us and sent us this kit to give it a good promotion but like I said Shout out Steve. I'm petitioning for this to be a part of our regular set now because it's yeah. so epic so well, well done to Steve I mean, and everybody this is a bit of a more of a budget show as is compared to some of the other shows you might see on SBS and I think Stolich I don't think there's anything budget about this well not your, not your salary but definitely mine but um, <laughs> oh yeah because you know mine do you <laughs> <laughs> no, baked no. beans anyway. for us every week darling listen I'll move your Ferrari in a second from the car park but <laughs> yeah, anyway right. but uh, we can use this as graphics as, as you do on the uh, Saturday EPL to illustrate what, what, the tactical 
elements of the game. A few things over the years, yeah. very tragically. Yep. Maybe we've been outpriced in the marketplace, and yep. it just happens. Football's become a very popular beast exactly. now, and we were the ones responsible for it. Yeah, um, 100%. But, you know, we, funny. If we continue to lose anything else, we'll just no. start recreating That's football it. games here. That's it. Yeah, give us a moment. Was the Maradona against England 86? But we'll run through about 10 players' scores. It's going to be fine. It's We've got gonna, this. It's, it's going to be well taken care yeah. of. But yeah, no, this again, is really cool. Big shout out, Steve. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And like I said, it's going to be a part of our set almost on a weekly basis now. For those of you joining us via Facebook or Twitter, a very good mm-hmm. day to you. It's always fantastic to have your company. Make sure you get involved because this is why we're here. We love interacting with you guys because we too, myself and Solich, we're just like you guys. We're just yeah. regular Joes, football fans that love to yeah. get on here and have a bit of a jibber about what's been happening in the world game of late. And there has been plenty, so make sure um, that you get your questions in, especially if you're joining us via Twitter, that you use the hashtag SBSTheWorldGame to get your questions in, and we'll do our very best to answer them and engage with you as the show goes on. Yes. But um, let's start, please, Stolich, mm-hmm. with the Socceroos' mm. much-needed win over Palestine. Yes. Um, a fantastic result in many ways, given what happened in the match against Jordan. 3-0, yep. the full-time result. Uh, great to see Jamie McLaren get off the mark mm-hmm. finally for his country which is a, a great sigh of yep. relief, I'm sure, for not just him, but for Graham Arnold and his yeah. coaching staff. Well, for all of us. For all of us, because scoring an open play in competitive matches has been yeah. a big problem for us. So and he, and he had that miss in like in the first five minutes. Yeah, and you thought like... Because so often we talk about... Yeah, so often we talk about strikers, it's a real confidence game. You know, when they're mm-hmm. feeling it, every shot is gold. Mm-hmm. And when they're not, no matter how talented they are... They just can fluff their lines so many times. And then when you saw that air swing, you thought, oh, no, he's already going to be so nervous. So, But he took his goal really well. And, you know, like, to be fair, we were saying that he's not great in the air because of his height, but he scored off a header there, a great Tom Rogic cross. I thought, fantastic. I thought Rogic stepped up. I thought uh, Mabil stepped up. I thought Economides was fantastic mm-hmm. and, and a really good addition. I think he's he going to... needed to start that game, and I'm so yeah. glad that Arnie made those changes. Yep. I know that Josh Risden was injured, but yep. um, I think that he didn't have a, a tremendously good yep. game, a good first game against Jordan, so to yep. see Ryan Grant deployed in that position I thought worked well for him. Yep. Um, Robbie Cruz moving to the bench in favour of Economides mm. coming on, paid off, and yep. I think he's just going forward. I think he needs to be starting every game for us. And I, and I think it's going to be hard to see Robbie Cruz get back in there. It's been a while since we've seen a really good performance from him in the Socceroos. And, and he, someone challenging in that yeah, position. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. So huge. And you know what? Massive for Economides. And I also think good on for the A-League as well to have a kind of current local star step up for the Socceroos at a major tournament. So let's see. Massive game coming up on Wednesday night against Syria. You know, we still need to get a result. Yep. Um, I know it is still possible for us to go through third place. We don't want to be relying on that. No. Um, I think we should beat Syria, but let's remember that we came very close to in the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Thank to, you, Tim Cahill. In yeah, exactly. Saving our asses, exactly, who we don't have anymore. So it's going to be a really interesting game. I'm really looking forward to it, but I think, yes, definitely Economides needs to start. Uh, any other things that you took out of the game, particularly that you saw a, a vast improvement on from the first match, Stolich? Um, I guess it's difficult because we are coming up against a weaker opposition yeah. with the greatest of respect in the form of Palestine. Yeah, I thought um, as much. I thought Rogic stepped up his game, which is very important for us, getting in between the lines, mm-hmm. um, creating a lot of those kind of in-twing crosses that McLaren scored off. That was quite good. Uh, Awar Mobile looking very dangerous multiple times. I thought he was one of our better players. Uh, in the Jordan game, even though I think everyone was kind of poor. But, um, yeah, so I just think, yeah, it was good, solid, you know, nothing to go crazy about. Like, we're we're kind of... To temper out our expectations yeah. here and our excitement levels, we're kind of back at par, aren't we? We kind of were, were shocked at the 
you know, losing to Jordan and we were kind of, you know, so frustrated now. Yep, okay, let's get back. You know, and, and a lot of teams, we've seen it over and over again, they lose their first game and they go on to win the tournament. So sometimes you want that wake-up call in the early stages because you don't want it obviously in the knockout stages so you know hopefully they've woken up the intensity is going to be there the lift and and yeah we'll see we'll see what happens Nathan Henderson by Facebook good afternoon shout out Nathan Nathan great to have your comments Grant had an awesome game he should be in the starting lineup for the rest of the tournament agree with that so uh, when you get a fully fit Josh Risden back um, does he reclaim his spot or do you keep Grant in that well role? I thought that it was very close going into the tournament and you'd have to say that Grant has played better over his kind of one and a half games than Risden over his 45 minutes so yeah I would agree with that um, but yeah for me they're very close I mean you know, one's playing for Wanderers, one's playing for Sydney. And to be honest, I think Grant has been in better form mm-hmm. in the A-League season. So, yeah, I'd have no problem with Grant starting the rest of the games. Andrew Jackson Irvine coming in and starting as well in the midfield. Yeah, I liked it a lot because, he, you know, I think against Syria, there was a lot of, we were slow and moving that ball around. There wasn't enough runs into the box. And, you know, Jackson Irvine, he gives you that option to kind of, when you get to the byline and cut it back to him, he's quite good at finishing. A few years ago at uh, Burton Albion, he was like their top goal scorer from midfield. So he's really good at those late runs into the box. He's quite tall as well, so he gives you that aerial presence. He had a few headers. I think one just hit the kind of upside of the bar. So, yeah, I, I thought uh, he was a kind of good focal point. And I like Luongo a lot, I do, but it does seem like that was the change to make. And, yep. if, and if you're going to play Milligan there, you did quite well as well, then unfortunately Luongo has to be sacrificed. But, yeah, it's... That's the way it is in international football, you know. So be it. Um, yeah, one not thing I fits. do have to make mention of, and of course I know it was widely discussed at the time he was left out of the team, and we will get on to the A-League in just a moment, but the omission of Terry Antonis is still a massive mystery mm. to me. I don't know if it's dawned on anybody else's mind, given the form that Antonis has been in yeah. recently. There was a lot of conversation around uh, Jimmy Troisi, James Troisi, when he was left out, and he came out and made some pretty um, controversial comments, if that's what you want to call them. I'll yep. call them honest. Um, of Graham Arnold and, and the team mm. selection around there, but how Terry isn't in that squad is bizarre to yeah. me, Stolich. Well, I definitely think if he continues this form, he will be going forward. But he was in good form yeah. coming into this. That's true. That's why That's he true. deserved the call-up. Yeah, it's interesting. I think they went with Jimmy Jago, didn't they? As uh, Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's always hard to kind of balance between kind of good, solid displays in Europe and really fantastic kind of performances in the A-League. So it's definitely a hard balance, but um, I think Antonis would be worthy of a call-up. Let's go back to social media to see what you guys are saying. Jason Arnold by Facebook. Good day to you, Jason. Jason. I'm finding it quite disappointing how a number of our players like Luongo, who seems to have so much potential, have just failed to deliver for the national team. Thoughts on that, Stolich? I mean, Luongo was our best player at the 2015 uh, Asian Cup. He won player of the tournament. And I thought at the Confeds, if you remember, yeah. there was one particular game against Chile where he yeah. just ran his ass off and was exceptional. His work rate, work rate was great. He was getting stuck into everything, going on for 1v1 challenges. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't... It's it's kind of petered out since then. I mean, I wonder... He's been at QPR for a while, and QPR have been kind of in the lower half of the championship a lot of the time. So I wonder if when you get in that mentality of every game is a fight, every game is a struggle, do you then bring that to the Socceroos where it's it's less of a fight and it's more about, you know, dominating and creating chances and stuff like that? So, yep. you know, yeah, I, I think maybe that's the kind of... We expected him to kind of maybe take another step up to a slightly better team and see him in a more creative role because I think in his early days, that's what we thought he was. He was more of a creative player, not so much like a midfield battler, but... The circumstances at QPR call for a midfield battler. So, yep. 
You know, uh, yeah, I think I think it has. Anything he hasn't. Even the championship and below calls for a bat. Like, yeah, exactly. Let's be honest, pretty much. Doesn't matter what position but, you're in. You know, I remember Luongo like this is like 2010, 11 under like Harry Redknapp. He was like 18 on the bench for Tottenham away to like Liverpool and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we had we had huge expectations for Massive. him, like we do now. I think for Azani. So you know, they're a different profile of player. But yeah, I think um, sometimes possibly not the right transfers can hamper careers. But uh, I still think Luongo has uh, a future in the Socceroos. Let's just see. It can be a patch of form. It can just be the system's not working for him. But yeah, at the moment, I would imagine Irvine will start the next game against... I imagine Arnie will make no changes to the starting eleven. Okay, will be interesting to see. But of course, yeah. a very crucial game coming up for the Socceroos. Our very own men in green and gold. We wish them all the very best up against Syria. Uh, a very much a, a must-win game. We, mm. As you said, we know that there are other permutations that could come into play if we finish in third place and then have to rely on other results. But we don't want to get there. We're trying to defend our title here. So we wish the yeah. lads all the very best of luck in addition to Graham Arnold and the coaching staff. All right, moving on to the A-League. Let's work yes. our way back. Can we please, because I'm just so desperate to get to this game because it was just epic. So many talking mm-hmm. points. You and I yep. have had um, a difference of opinion when it comes to some of the things that went on in this game. But Perth's win, mm. that comeback win over uh, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, over in Perth was just epic. It was an unreal game. Yep. I want to hear you unpack it first before I offer my two cents. All right. Well, I thought, you know what, it's two games in a row. Well, Perth, not two games in a row, but they've had two massive comebacks in about two weeks' time. They had that massive comeback against Brisbane Raw, more of a Brisbane Raw capitulation because of the own goal and the penalties and the red cards. But this showed a real championship mentality. And I think this is one of those games, sometimes the games that are hardest and maybe, you know, you you weren't playing well in the first half. When you come back, it really brings the team together and it really shows, like, guys, even when we're under the pump, even when it's not going well for us, we know that we can dig in and really produce. I thought Diego Castro coming off completely changed the game. That guy, I know he's, what, 36 years old. He's been one of my favourite players in the A-League since he came here. Has I, to be. Has I think be. he's one of the all-time great A-League players. When he came on, he just he's actually one of the perfect players when you're chasing a game mm-hmm. to have on your team because he's so calm but so creative. He's disgustingly yeah. good. It's almost yeah. rude how good he it's is. It's just like he can do so much. He can score goals. Oh, he can set up he chances. He was involved in all those goals. Every goal he was oh, involved in. He was word. doing the crucial pass every time. And that's the thing. When you have someone like that on your team, you know, okay, when we're under pressure, we can give him the ball and he's going to hold it. When we have time to turn and play, he's going to be the one that pulls the strings. Finds those yeah. pockets of space if, perfectly. If the other team presses him, he's going to find the open play. If they don't press him, he's going to do something and score a goal. So, honestly, Derek Castro is such a fantastic player. And you know what? I think Perth right now, you've got to say, like, one of the stories of the of this season is Popovich going there. You know, we didn't know what Popovich was going to be like after Turkey. Came back from Turkey... Mm-hmm. Got the job at Perth, we thought, okay, he did very well at the Wanderers. But there was still even a bit of a down period at the end of his Wanderers stint. And we thought, you know, what's it going to be like? First season, bit of a rebuild, you know, kind of... He brought in a few, you know, good players, some experienced players. I had a conversation with Corey, actually. I thought yeah. he was pretty blessed, actually, yeah. when he arrived to Perth, in that the core of the squad yeah. that he already had yeah. was pretty damn good. He mm. just had to build around it. You already yeah. had the likes of Keogh there. You had Castro. Castro. Yeah. You had uh, Redders in goals. Yeah. Um, you had a, a, a yeah. whole host of players that you could really build a good squad around. Well, and I think he's done that. I and also changed the playing style. Yeah. Philosophy. Well, the back three, I think, has been really interesting because he's done that. And also, actually, Rudes has 
done that at Wellington. Mm -hmm. And I guess what it allows, it allows like Jason Davidson and Ivan Franjic to get so high up the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Scott Neville or whoever. And you know, I think it can really like help them. And I think it's been really interesting. And I think that's one of the good things about the A-League now is you see a lot more kind of tactical variation. It used to just be a lot of the same teams playing the same stuff. But now you have teams 4-3-3, three, three, three at the back. They mix around. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, honestly, Perth have done fantastic. I, I watched them against um, Sydney during the week. They smashed Sydney 3-1. Looked incredibly comfortable. But it was just great to see, even in the rotations, there's so much depth there. Joel Kianese started the game, scored two goals. Uh, Brenton Santalab started, scored. You know, even when they, you know, they've lost Chris Economides, who was probably their best player before he went to international duty. And it hasn't felt like... They've lost such a big player. Whereas Melbourne Victory lost Honda, their best player. And it's and it, Yes, it's been much more noticeable. Well, you so, can tell. It sticks out like dog's balls, really. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you really got to give full credit to uh, Perth and, and the players and Popper because I think he's done a fantastic job. And you know what? Once again, he's done to put his name out there as maybe the best Australian coach. Danny Karchnak via Facebook. It seems like Perth is breaching the salary cap. <laughs> well, this is always what we say. Allegedly. But this is always what we say in the A League, isn't it? When, when they're doing, when a team's doing so well, we're so. How, how did they get under the cap? How, Sydney had it. Melbourne Victory have had it. Listen, I'm not an accountant. I can barely do my own taxes. But listen, I'm sure it's all good until until we I hear otherwise. We have to assume that the governing body is doing yeah. their job of watchdog and making but, sure that everything falls within the lines. Yeah, um, but you know what? Like Joel Kinnaza, he wouldn't. I'm speculating. Sorry, Joe, if you're on a good oh, he's coin. He's got a couple of youngsters in there but, as well. He's got Jake yeah, Bremer too. These exactly. lads aren't going to be on massive, massive coins. So, oh, so and you've also got, you know, you've got Australian marquee now. Yeah. You've got actual marquee status. So, you, and you can and a lot of them shade out of lines a little bit. A lot of them have kind of, you know, we talk about recycled players in the A League, but a lot of them are kind of not rejects. But Joel Kinnaza was at Sydney FC. Didn't quite work out from there. Went to Perth. Uh, Neil Kilkenny was at City. Had a fallout with Joyce, went to Perth. Liam Reddy, I think, has been at nine teams. From that midfield. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think so. I think he was fantastic against um, Sydney FC. So oh, brilliant! I mean, uh, he's just been brilliant. I think he, Kilkenny's been brilliant wherever he's gone from his time at City, yep. and then to see him frozen out yep. after his um, alleged, uh, I guess, disagreement with Warren Joyce, and then yep. skipping over to Perth. I think he's a fabulous, fabulous player. Top guy too. We had him in here for Copper Italia. Very nice, respect- mm. respectable guy. Um, so I thought they were definitely missing him. Um, yeah. uh, Stephen P. Lynch, Kenny Lowe did recruit well. You are right, Lucy. Um, not not so much saying that because of you are right, Lucy, although it's nice to hear every now and again. I don't hear that much in my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can say you are right, Nick, as well. You know, it's just, it's just a quick but change of the letters. that's the point I wanted to make. Yeah. Kenny Lowe, he did actually do a good job there with yeah. recruitment and, um, and I guess with his kind of camaraderie with the players. But it just seemed to get mm. to a point where it got quite stagnant. Yeah. And they needed someone like a popper to come in. And I know that the nicknames around the traps were the Wild Wild West because yeah. they didn't have a lot of order. It seemed to be a bit yeah. like chaos, uh, like organised chaos over there. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of discipline. There wasn't a lot of emphasis on making sure that they were keeping things off the pitch well in order. Yeah. So now that you've got a guy like Popper who is very much about discipline and keeping things um, pretty tight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in terms of diet and everything yeah. and, and, mm. and watching the players quite closely. I think that's exactly what they've needed. Um, yeah. That is the tonic that they're very much enjoyed sipping from at the moment, top of the table for Perth. But there was what we called on the World Game mm. a controversial a controversial penalty. Shame on you, World Game. I don't think it was controversial. Respect, put, respect put, to the World put Game. Put that 
Why respect not, the world. Was no, that no, you? no, no, no. It was not me. It was not me. I was, I was not working this weekend. <laughs> had the weekend off. Yes, but I no. Well, it is controversial. Some of our lads are watching this. Which one of our World Games staff is responsible for Don't do it. Don't do it. Snitches get stitches. Code of silence. (laughs) We got this. All right. Explain to me why you think Brendan Hamill's bringing down of Andy Keogh in the box was a controversial penalty. Well, it's controversial because everyone was talking about it afterwards. So that is the natural definition of controversial. Now, whether you think it's a penalty or not, let's go through it. Hamill clearly has his arms around Keo. He's cuddling right? him. It's like a rugby league match. Yeah, so he's, he's got his arms around him. But Keo. Like Keo just got off, the, got off the domestic terminal and he hasn't seen him in months. Oh my God, I'm so happy to see you, Andy. Yeah, it was, you know, New Year's, man, so good. <laughs> Hamill's trying to be a bit more open to love and all this. Things. No, he's got his arms around him. But Keo is backing into him and has his hand. As all strikers do. As all strikers do. do. As all strikers do. But this is, we know that this is as old as football is defenders try and get an advantage, strikers try and get an advantage. They'll do it. Now, Keo leans back into him. But here, here is my big point. Because referees don't call penalties unless a player goes down, they, you never. When was the last time you saw a player sta- like stay standing or stay up, get fouled, and it does happen, and and a referee go, oh, that's a penalty? Because sometimes it is, and sometimes you you say to you know a famous example, 2010 World Cup. Robin's throwing goal. Carlos Puyol throws his entire body at him, yep. but you know pretends like, hey, it's okay, but it's a clear foul, and Robin doesn't go down, therefore doesn't get the penalty, therefore Puyol isn't sent off, but he should have. Because that was the only... And it's the same thing. So Keo knows, I'm getting fouled here, but unless I go down, the referee's not going to call it, right? So Keo does kind of just <laughs> lean back. All right, I'm going to drop, right? I'm just going to just have a drop there. Someone's having a cackle back there. Can you That's... people quieten down? We're doing a live program over here. Good Lord. I think I think Corey heard that cackle all the way to the coast. That was that was Adrian Archuli in oh, case... God, uh, who was that? It was, anyway, of course it was Adrian Archuli. Anyway. Um, but, but this is the thing, right? Yeah. You're always going to come down. And my issue isn't yeah. so much with Andy Keogh. It's more with Brendan Hamill in this. If yeah. you're that uneducated in that moment... Yeah. Three all as well. Very tight. Three all, right? Yeah. So Wanderers were leading 3-1. Yeah. But I remember just watching the back end of that second half and I thought, you can feel Perth coming back into this. You can feel it. But they've got that championship mentality. But see, look, we're, got, we're getting some comments in here. Matt uh, Moshione, weakest pen. Uh, yep, Alan DeFantis, offside. Kristen Spinner. Hi, guys. Hello, Kristen. Nice to see What's you. What's going on, Kristen? Um, but I think that whether you call it a soft pen or not, to mm. me it's still a pen because Hamill in that moment is foolish enough to actually give the ref a reason to call a pen. Well, if you're wrapping it. his arms around him, fine if you keep your arms out and yeah, Keo's yeah, yeah. backing into you, then yeah. you give him more of the impetus in yeah. that scenario to go down and look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to be strong. Him, that's where yeah. I think he screwed up and that's what ultimately gave the penalty away. So for me, not so controversial. Facebook and Twitter users, was it a controversial penalty? I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, controversial still? I think it's in that grey area, but I, I, I like what you say. As a defender, you are giving the referee a chance to say penalty. It's in the same way that, for example, sometimes uh, you do a tackle, company against Salah the other week, right? Yep. You do a tackle, and you are giving the opportunity to the referee to say, that's a straight red. Exactly. Now, whether they do, maybe they say yellow, and it's, it's okay, whatever. But you are, it's a dangerous going in, yeah, maybe you won the ball or whatever, but Salah had to jump out the way. 
you are giving them an opportunity to say red card. Yeah, and then therefore, when it happens, you can't be like, wow, what? That's outrageous. Not really. But I will say it was referee Kurt Ams who stuffed up the Newcastle City game the other week and Is Newcastle got robbed. So, yeah, he shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have even been refereeing in the first place. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... It's I, don't, I don't trust that. I assume that all the good referees are off at the Asian Cup. That's what's going on at the moment. <laughs> you assume? Yeah. Well, what good referees do we have that we're fobbing off? I don't know, but, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the best of the bunch, Asian Cup. That's what's going on at the moment. Um, Perth, I just want to quickly Perth. talk about them yep. in general, though. Top mm. of the table, they're going incredibly yep. well at the Six moment. Six points um, clear. I'd be very surprised if they didn't end up in the grand final this year. Yeah, massive. I mean, you? yeah, I think so. Like, it's it's obviously theirs to lose at this stage. But, you know, we saw, for example, last year, Sydney FC so far ahead of everyone during the regular season didn't make the grand final. So it can happen. Um, they're scoring more goals than anyone, 31 goals this season. Surprised that the fence... Usually you'd think of a Popovich team as being a bit more solid at the back and not so adventurous going that's forward. that's what he's been known for, especially when he came with the Wanderers. It was yeah. very much set up in that disciplined structure at the back. Exactly. Very solid defensively and playing on the counter. But maybe, like I think most good coaches, he's looked at his squad and he goes, you know what, I've got a lot of talent up front. Mm. I've got Keo, I've got Castro, I've got Economides, I've got all these guys. I, th- I think he's making the most of it. So, And I do want to say, just on the Wanderers, uh, I think Kwame Yaboa, who played, who came off the bench against uh, Wellington during Two the week. Assists, I believe, yeah, four and a goal. Yesterday, and a goal yesterday. I think he's going to be a fantastic signing. They got him on a two and a half year deal. Yep. He immediately, the second he came on against Wellington, he immediately, more pace, more energy. Uh, his runs were great in behind. He was causing chaos, just giving that extra directness, which the Wanderers have severely been lacking. And I honestly think Oriel Riera's time might be up. And it might be a better way to spend that million dollars or whatever you're spending on him. And Kwame Yaboa is the future. I really like the partnership that he can form with uh, Bruce Kamau mm-hmm. on the right. And even Nick Fitzgerald on the left. I think that's, they all got speed. Speed I in behind. I think they need someone that's going to be prolific. But yeah. If you give them the ball, they're actually yeah. going to do some damage. I think well, Bruce Kamau and Fitzy, they run a bit hot yeah. and cold for me. Well, to be honest, I think they've got a lot of pace and they've, they've yeah. always shown a lot of promise going forward. But for me, they're lacking that end product. That's true, that's true. But I think that's what Kwame Yaboa is going to give them. And I think that's going to free them up because of his speed. The defenders are going to be so worried about him, that's going to open up space for the other two. And I think once Baum Johan comes back as well, injured at the moment, mm-hmm. I think he's just going to... He's going to... His passing is so good, his touch is so good, he's going to be able to find them in all sorts of spaces. And I think they might struggle to make the finals this year. They're already a bit back. But if they keep those four around, fix up the kind of the centre midfield a bit more, they're going to be flying next season. Wanderers, they've won twice, they've drawn three times and yeah. lost eight matches so yeah. far. Uh, I saw a tweet from one of the journos that apparently uh, Marcus Babel was caught out saying that um, you know when it came to the refereeing that uh, if the FFA couldn't see it, then they were effing blind. Yeah. Uh, so he may be in a bit of hot water over that, but you know these are the frustrations that are starting to boil over for a coach that hasn't had a good start to his yeah. season. Uh, what do we estimate his time is like within the A League at the moment? And with the Wanderers. Are the fans happy if you're a Wanderers fan and you're watching today? Do you want Babel to stay? What are your theories and reasons behind why it hasn't been a particularly good season? I know that it's been difficult being displaced and having to play a lot of your games are at mm. Spotless Stadium and also at ANZ. It's just yeah. not your true home and we've seen a drop in crowd numbers as well. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about Babel? I mean, I like his honesty and his comments. I think a lot of times it's refreshing and you get a good insight into things, but it's just not really working out for him at the moment. Now, 
I mean, he stick with it? Do you persist? Some of his Do decisions I like because you know Baum Johan, who he brought, I think it's been a good signing. Mm -hmm. I think Kwame Yaboa, who was apparently uh, it was Babel who knew him a bit from Germany as well, and called him made sure. So I think he's done well on that front, but at the moment it's not working. They were a little bit better against Perth. It's hard to go away to Perth, and they they were. Obviously, it's, it's one of these games where it's funny, isn't it? You look and you go, well, they were 2-0 up and 3-1 up, and you think, well, you know, he's done well to get yeah. him in that position. Yeah. But then they've capitulated. Yep, completely. S similarly against, the, um, against Wellington, you know. They were up. They lost that one too. So David Abadiah, slow to make subs. Eric V, keep Babel all this via Facebook. Yeah, I mean, Babel for is a clown. now... Another comment? Oh, I don't know about that. For now, I'd keep him, but I'd want to see him getting more out of that front three, as I mentioned. Let's see, you know, Kwame Bowers just got there. Mm -hmm. They've had a few injuries. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I, I reckon give him at least till the end of the season. We can reassess. Matt Moshione by Facebook also agrees. I want him to stay. He has a great pedigree and he needs time to push this group. Some yeah. questions, but too early to tell. Yeah, I actually, more towards the start of the season, I didn't like him so much because I thought he was just constantly throwing his players under the bus. And I oh, thought... Well, he was having a crack at um, Rolly Bonavassia as yeah, well. That yeah, yeah. And, well. and all that, I just thought like, yeah, he was kind of saying we were the worst team in the league and stuff like that before the Sydney thing. I don't know, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, well, but... Online between motivation and just absolutely towering yeah. players up in public. But... Um, so I think, but I think he's kind of gone a bit away from that now, and and maybe he wanted to get out some more of those senior players. Wanderers have had problems for a while now. They had them on the last season of Popovich. Well, since Popper left, it's yeah. all gone to shit, really. Gombau, Gombau had his massive issues, and I still think Gombau's a good coach. And then, uh, but you could see that relationship didn't work. To come to an end. It yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing. Sometimes some coaches don't work in some situations. That's. But now it's three coaches having issues. So I don't know. Maybe there's other more bigger things that need to be changed. All right, moving on to the next fixture. We are winding our way back. If you've just joined yep. us uh, for round 13 of the A-League, great to have your company, whether you're joining us via Facebook or Twitter. If you are via Twitter, make sure that you use the hashtag SVS the World well Game to get your questions into Stolich and I, and we'll do our best to get to them as the show goes on. Uh, Sydney FC 2, Adelaide United 1. Yes. How about the young goal, by the oh, way? Oh, man, should we, oh, we reenact it? Should we reenact it? It was, it was, here we go, the sky blue, I can't be able to set up the wall, but, but basically, it was here, it was here, and you know what, you think, you think it's going to go to this top corner, but no, bang, top, top corner, the goal, the goal went off to there, no, it's amazing, honestly, that is, Sam Dion, to be honest, he's, I think he's been pretty average, for what I was expecting I of agree. him. And he's had injury problems and all that kind of stuff. But, but he's had moments, hasn't he? Exactly. He's had moments. Remember he scored that free kick against the Wanderers in the FFA Cup semi-final. So yep. he is capable of that. And, and it was fantastic. It was, it was really one of the great A-League free kicks. So, but I thought Sydney's still a bit shaky. Yep. Still a bit shaky. They're definitely... I'm not, I'm not convinced of Sydney FC under... Um, Corica. Under Corica, no. Yeah. I, I feel that there are some worrying signs there. And I think a lot yeah. of it also has to do more with the recruitment um, and the, the, the loss of big-name players yep, there. Yep, definitely, uh, definitely. Thoughts on that, Stolich? Yeah, and I think as well, I think they lost some of their kind of uh, really good squad players, you know. They've kind of seen a bit uh, lacking in depth there at the moment. But, you know, Redmayne had to pull off a huge save in, the, I think, the 90th minute or something to kind of make sure they got the win 2-1. So, you know, they're still up there. They're still third. They're still definitely getting the results, but they lost away to Perth, and that seemed like there was a bit of a gulf there between Perth and Sydney, so 
Yeah, interesting times. Good to see, though, Jacob Tratt scoring for yeah. Sydney back in the A-League, you know, because it's, it's hard for a lot of these players who are in the A-League when they're out, playing a bit of State League, come back in, you know, a bit nervous, how they out for it, and bang, showed it. for a starting position as yeah. well. It's, it's a hard, yeah, exactly. hard graft. Tim Braslavsky, Adelaide are incapable of putting in back-to-back solid performances. Uh, seems to be an issue mm. with mentality, think? Well, yeah, they were really good against... Um, they are really good at home against the victory. Uh, and, you know, I guess it's also hard because Adelaide seemed like one of those other teams that lacked depth. They have issues with, you know, the number nine we keep talking about. They need a striker. They need someone prolific. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think Isaias is great. I think Goodwin's great. There's a lot to like about Adelaide, and there's a solid kind of foundation there. But there's there. not enough to love about them, is there? No, I, I, I really think... I've, I've heard, well, it's been reported on the World Game that they have a million dollars to spend from mm-hmm. the owners, and I really think that needs to go to a striker. Talk about bringing Fauna Roly in, but apparently Melbourne City do not want to let him go to Adelaide. Well, this is the thing, right? So yeah. there's still rumours circulating that, you know, this swap between uh, Perth Laurie and Melbourne City yeah. could eventuate with Keogh going to City and obviously yeah. Fauna Roly going across to Perth. Now, Bit of cold water on that last couple of hours, or I, last 24 well, hours. Well, last, last 24 hours, we haven't yeah. heard too much more around it, and then of course Keogh started the game against Perth, which then led people to believe that there was no conspiracy theory and that, you know, he, he started because he's staying with the club. Well, yep. we don't know. And honestly, if the swap does eventuate, I think it's a win-win for both sides, to be fair. But an even bigger win for a guy yep. like Bruno, who, can I just say, and I put up a tweet about it, I think yep. I've become quite exasperated by this whole scenario. If he has allegedly fallen out with Joyce, mm. as is being reported and is the rumour, let him go. Release the lads. Now, if you don't want to release him to another A-League club, then just let go. Terminate the contract. But if Bruno doesn't want to terminate the contract, then he's happy to sit in the stands because he's thinking, I've done nothing wrong and I'm just going to collect my no. paycheck and it's up to you guys to figure out what to do with me. Then I guess he's entitled to that too. But I just hate this scenario. I hate that a guy like Fornaroli is mm. left in the stands and we're missing out from seeing his quality on the pitch every week. Well, Stolich? yeah, it's, not, it's just not a good look, is it? And, you know... Even even the fact that uh, yeah one of the most marketable players in the A League is just sitting in the stands every week, you know, with his kid or whatever. And even like it's so frustrating because Melbourne City, I know they got the win on the weekend against Brisbane, but they had once uh, McGree went off with mm-hmm. the knee injury, which apparently is not too serious. Thankfully, yeah, they had Delat, who's the right back, playing up front. I know he scored, but come on, like at a certain point, you just have to say, listen, forget our differences. Fornaroli, if you play him. He's going to play as hard as he can. He's yep. that type of character. He's that Uruguayan, full, fully committed all the time, right? So he's going to play. He's going to score. Now, you can just say, listen, at the end of the season, we go our separate ways. But also, by not playing him, his value is going down. So any hope that you had of a swap deal or selling him on or something is just plummeting by the week. But I guess, interestingly enough, too, is that if you are just operating within the A-League to yep. that comment, Stolis, you know what he's capable of doing mm. so in terms of his value dropping I think that, that's going to have more of an impact on him outside of yeah. the A-League whether he's looking to yeah. get a move elsewhere in Europe or, or South America yeah. who knows but I, I agree I think it's, it's, it's a shit scenario for everybody yeah. and I don't think it's fair um, yeah. whatever the outcome is of this I hope that there's a speedy resolution because it's, yeah. it's just not right and I think that Warren Joyce and the crew there need to be held accountable too because like I said you've got a player of that calibre yeah. just in there. Stands watching the game. Imagine what he could actually do if you injected him into the team. City had 17 shots against Brisbane. How many on target? Well, like, I think it was about 
five on target, but it was one goal. There you go. You know, one goal. One Seventeen goal. shots, one goal. That's just. I just think it's it's so frustrating because you, Richie Dillette being played as a yeah, striker. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like as you know you know what they're capable of. You know. Melbourne City have been at their best when Fornaroli was at his best, when he scored like 25 goals in one season. It was incredible to watch them that time. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're struggling to get crowds, and that's going to be one of the reasons. And, and I know they have their issues with active support and falling out with the club and all these kind of things, but there's not a lot to love about Melbourne City, which is a shame, because I thought when they came into the league that they were going to be a breath of fresh air. But we've jibbered about them enough. Yeah. I've had my rants about them and said that my expectations of this club are far bigger than what they're actually managing to live up to. And yeah. purely because of the investment of the city group, yeah. um, the resources, the facilities, you speak to players that have either played there or that are there, there's nothing like it in the country. It's yeah. just exceptional. And to have all of that and to still feel like this club is so hollow, that there's no real culture, yeah. there's no fans turning up, there's no connection to any one group um, yeah. geographically or even culturally. I think is what's letting them down. But then to see the treatment of these players, and I don't think it's just Bruno that's been the subject of Warren Joyce's no, wrath. No, 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 It's no. several others as well. Yeah. You've seen Kilkenny got frozen out. Then you've got yeah. other players that mysteriously left for unbeknownst reasons. Like, why did Jakobsen leave? Yeah. You know, why do these? Why do they seem to have this constant churnover rate at that club there? I can't wrap yeah. my head around it. I think it's bizarre. Um, and also, another, another question for me around City 2 is, why is Galekovic in goals... And Mark Birigidi, who's been brought across, not playing. Has that dawned on anyone's mind? Yeah. Why that is? I'm, I'm not sure. I know that he was playing number two to Buzanis. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Buzanis was still there. Um, no. But I'm not sure what the story is and, and why Galekovic has, has been playing uh, ahead of him. But that, ma that match overall, actually, and we've skipped um, from Sydney FC to Adelaide United. I think yeah. we've exhausted that game as much as we possibly could, right? I'd just say on City Brisbane, I thought Jamie Young was fantastic. Well, that's uh, what you want to talk about, but we've exhausted the Sydney FC Adelaide game. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, moving on. All right, so we'll Jamie Young, brilliant. Jamie Young, brilliant. Uh, I Isn't think. the only brilliant thing about that? Well, that, the that's the thing. It's and like. Lopez it, when he wants to. It's like the Brisbane Raw want to show off their keeper. They go, listen, we're not going to defend. No worries. <laughs> I will just show you how good Jamie Young is. Jamie Young's stock is rising every week, but it's a problem because your defense is showing it, how, how fragile it is. Jamie Young made, I think, four or five top, top saves. Uh, really put in a good performance, a performance worthy of Butzer, you Ew. know. Um, so he was great. Uh, obviously, I don't know if you saw, but the pigeon got hit mid-game. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And you just, you know, you just feel like the pigeon hasn't been worn by the seagulls in the past to watch out. It's a bit slower. The seagulls more kind of more movement around the pitch, whereas pigeon just waited there. I think too it was okay. Static. Yeah, too, yeah, too static. Not enough movement. Even even Fornaroli was looking like at him Brisbane's like. Defending. Yeah, exactly. So, Brisbane, huge issues. To be honest, me, Brisbane are on seven points. So, they are 12 points off getting into the six. I, don't, I think that's too big a gap now, 12 points. And I think if you look at their youth team, they're top of their youth division. Yeah. So, there's Group A, Group B. They are top there. I think now you say, let's look at our young talent. Maybe keep in Lopez, Taggart. These kind of proper, your real performers, Botiak even. Hingit, I think Hingit has yep. also established Hingit. himself as their right back. But everyone else? You're on notice? I'd say start playing the kids because the season's gone. It's gone. You're not going to do anything. You have a chance to build them up, get them experience, also increase their value because maybe you, you do not able to hold on to them for that long. So you want to be able to sell them on or yeah, whatever. These, look, again... This is a thing that this is the issue that yeah. I have, and sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I think this whole solution of oh, just play the kids 
is that necessarily going to be the best option going forward? I mean, it's one thing but to... But the, the senior players aren't doing it. Yeah, but it's one thing to get excited about young players that are, that are doing well in that particular competition yep. of the National Youth League, right? Yep. But the, 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 the gap between the Youth League, mm. State League, and professional football at the elite level in the A-League, the gaps are huge, yeah. right? So, and this is what I've argued for. I'm a big advocate for young players. I'd love to see us producing more talented young Aussies. Mm. But the reality is, speak to some of the coaches. Go out at ground level. Actually watch some of these games. There are people that are saying, oh, if you stacked a team full of these young kids, you could go on and win the title. No, you actually couldn't because there's something also to be said for experience, but also the quality of these individuals. We get excited when we see A-League professional players mm. here who are experienced um, and veterans in the league do well, and then we yeah. start arguing for them to go and get a move overseas in Europe. Yeah. What happens? They go over there, yeah. they barely make the bench, they're watching the majority of the game from the stands, yep. and then they end up having to come back to Australia. So we really have to start isolating this quality mm. and looking at are you good enough to mix it with the big boys and the professionals and not just say, oh, because you're young and you're doing well in this comp that you deserve a chance. Yeah. Does that make sense, Dolly? I think that is fair. But I think now, because, you know, you're saying play the youth and you could win the title, Roar aren't going to even make the finals with these senior players. So I think it's now time to look to next season and you can pick maybe your four or five players from that youth league and say, you know what? And you know what? Brisbane have a good uh, record of bringing through young players. Robbie Cruz came through Brisbane. Tommy yeah, Orr... Dino's another one that's been getting a run yeah, too. Yeah, Tommy Orr uh, came through uh, Brisbane. Uh, you know, Mitch Nichols came through Brisbane. There was a lot of good... Michael Zula, a lot of good kind of young players from that thing. Their youth team looks good now. I think it's just... Uh, and you know what? Actually, as a fan... These players, I wouldn't, I'm not really excited about going to see them every week. The younger players, I go, well, let me get a look at what's coming. But I'll tell you who, they, they do actually, Brisbane do have a few young players in their squad. Let's yeah. have a look at the lineup, for example, um, that played against Melbourne City. You had Connor O'Toole at right back. Yeah. Devere Old, okay, yep. he, he struggled. And yep. I think it's been no secret that his body has just gotten the better of him yep. at the moment and that injuries have proved to ravage him and that he can't offer too much anymore. But yep. again, he was a quality player in his day. But I just don't think he can get the job done for them defensively at the moment. So Connor, it's all young player. But then you had Devere mm-hmm. and Pepper mm-hmm. uh, as the two central defenders. And then Hingit, right? Hingit, like I said, I think he deserves to retain yep. his spot at right back. In the midfield, you had Ingham, another young player. Yep. Alex Lopez, the import quality. Yep. Uh, Christensen, another import quality for me. I think he still is quite good. Good and he has was a lot to great offer. last season. I'm not so sure this season. Bortiak? I think he has his moments. He has his moments of greatness. Just not consistent enough? Yeah, and I mean, it was hard because under Aloisi, you know, he was, I think he was, he got sent off one game. He was getting injured. It was hard. No one was playing well. This, no. this is why it's hard to well, say. They, well, it's, they haven't been getting results. It's yeah. not like you're going to walk into that change room and everyone's going to be slapping each other on the ass and singing Kumbaya. Exactly. Mackay? Old, yeah. um, okay, he's someone that could probably afford to move yeah. on in that scenario. Taggart, very lively. Banging in goals. Banging Still banging in goals. Still has a lot to offer. Yeah. So there are a few young players in there. O'Toole, Ingham, like I said, they're getting a run. Yep. Um, I, d- I don't know that you know that necessarily gutting this team entirely is the solution, but a player like Enrique, um, yeah. you know, he's well past it from yeah. my perspective. I think that, again, that's a position that could be fulfilled by a younger player. But the question is, are you replacing it with quality? That's what needs to happen here. I'm not as a coach. I'm yeah. not going to go deliberately out to the NPL yeah. and start fishing around for players yeah. if I don't think they're up to professional football level. Well, I think this is a good test of their youth system because the youth players, if it, in my opinion, if it's a good youth system, they should be playing the exact same style as the senior system. So, no, that, so that they can just come in and feel. So 
with Matt Mackay, you want to drop Matt Mackay or Thomas Christensen, they can just fill those positions and they know the system. Now, I think it'd be a good opportunity to see those players because, yeah, as I said, I think this season's done. I think it's over for them. And I, and I think now is the time to play the kids, get them set up, and let's see what we're going to do next season because next season is, the, is you're going to be your better chance. Point, but not my um, not my style. Stephen yep. Mitres, not enough is done for local players to get up to the A League. Elaborate, no. discuss. Um, what I could we? What more could we be doing? I mean, this is the whole. There's so many kind of fundamental structural issues in the game. I think the lack of a second division is a huge problem. You know, big teams don't have the ability to loan their young players out to get experience at a high level. That's one of the problems. I think there's not enough teams. We only have 10 teams in the competition. So that means that 11 spots, that's only, you know, 110 players every week. But... Salary cap's a problem. Salary cap's a problem. You know, and I, and I think as well, often... One of the reasons we haven't produced a number nine, a really good number nine for a while, is because so many of the A-League clubs use their foreign spot for number nines because it's such an important position. You think of Sydney FC last season, Bobo. You think of them this year, Lafondra. But again, you know? I make that argument. Yeah. Do you not think that if there were enough prolific young talents floating around in the NPL, that these, are, that these Aussie coaches here, whether they be foreign coaches or anyone here in the A-League, that yeah. they would not be more inclined to dip into the NPL yeah. and pull someone out of there because they're going to be A, they're going to be cheap. But I, I think what B, happens is... promoting your own talent. I just, I actually don't think there's enough talent going around. But I, I think, really don't. I mean, there is, there is, I think, a definitely a drop-off at the moment and we're seeing it with the Socceroos, right? Mm. But what I think happens is you get to, let's say you're a really good player, 18 years old, maybe even coming out of like something like the AIS, I know it's not there anymore, Defunct but now. but you, you know, you're a really good player in the kind of MPL or even in the youth league. And you get there and then you've got someone like at Sydney FC, LaFondra ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a number nine. Or you've got Oriol Riera ahead of you, who to be honest, I don't think going that great at the moment, but you know, he's still a player with pedigree. It's very hard to you know, take that player's place and there's not that many options around for you. You know, you look at, you go, well, where am I going to go? Melbourne Victory? Well, they've got Toivonen. Melbourne City? Well, they've got Fornaroli. You know, Perth, they've got Keo. Like, there's really not that many options you have. Spots. Now, some of the teams, they, uh, you know, you've seen like Petrados and Naboo come through at Newcastle. Maybe because Newcastle didn't have the option to fill those spots and were like, because Naboo was, came on a trial. You yeah. know, that was the other thing. It was like he came from, I think, from Malaysia or something. That's where he'd been playing. And it was like, you know, it's well, a. It was virtually outcast. Yeah. He had to go over to Malaysia to get game time. Yeah. And you remember, like, under Arnie, so many of the uh, now Socceroos came through there. And maybe because the Mariners didn't have that much money. They couldn't bring in the big foreign signing. So they played Robich. So they played Bernie Abini. So they played Trent Sainsbury. So they played Mustafa Amini. Played, yeah. So I, I think. It's a bit of like chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, like you, does the talent, the talent needs to exist for the opportunities to come, but also the opportunities need to be there for the talent to take those opportunities and prove that they are and develop. There you go. Like what Wenger said many, many years ago now, if you are good enough, you are old enough. Mm. So I think we just, it's, 
again, it's Pandora's box. You open it and you think there's not one quick draw solution that you can come up with. There's no, no silver bullet here to explain why we're not developing players anymore, why we're not seeing enough young talent coming through. And I think that one of the major issues is because the gap in quality is just too vast. Mm. From that NPL level to A-League level, I think that something needs to be done at that level to yeah. elevate the, the quality. Um, and that comes with individuals. It comes with investing in grassroots and all yep. of that. But ah, so we're many, not, so not going to see a, a solution to this in the immediate future. Stop no. Which, this is something 10, 20 years from now we're going to yeah. start to see a shift in. Um, Hopefully. As we know, football is cyclical. Exactly. Hopefully. Um, Brisbane Raw, uh, mm. just very quickly around yeah. them, like you said, I mean, you, mm. your solution is throwing the kids, let's see what you can do for the rest of the season. But yeah. um, for their coach at the moment, um, I yeah. know that he's just the interim coach, but yeah. uh, won't last long. What are the thoughts around that? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's proven anything. I mean, I think it's now a good chance for uh, Brisbane to bring someone in. Um, you know, they had obviously Ange back in the day, Mike Mulvey, John Aloisi was there for a while. Yeah, I, th I think it's time. You know, I want to see you back to Raw Salona. I yep. want to see him back to that level. Let's bring in a coach who's, who's known for playing that football and, and get him up to standard. And you know what? Maybe even a coach who's really known for developing young players because if they are top of the youth league, mm -hmm. then there's talent there. Now, to what degree is there talent there? Let's see. And, you, and you're right. In their starting 11, there's a few young players there who are very handy. You know, yep. you talk about them, O'Toole, Pepper, these kind of guys. So, oh, John has given us the big, the big wind-up. John, what's John? He's such a nice guy. Yeah, not, no. that not all of our staff are nice guys, but no, we're just used to giving it to Patrick Nugent, who's off on holidays, yeah. putting up photos of himself no. with a fresh new haircut. Look at him there just gallivanting go. around the country while we all stay here and work. But look, look at John. There's an example of young talent coming through, doing well. It's a good, oh, it's good. Young talent for us as well. That's true. There you, know. you go. See, give me an opportunity. I'll thrive. Gee, I was th I was 26 when I started at SBS. Now I'm a 32-year-old, six-month pregnant woman. <laughs> 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 Barely getting around the joint, knees starting to click. There you um, go, motherhood. There's a great advertisement for it. I don't know. I, I, there probably aren't too many pregnant women watching this show. Mm. Or mothers, perhaps, maybe. No. Um, but I'll tell you what, all those magical unicorn women are like, I love being pregnant. It's such a magical yeah, yeah, yeah. experience. No, Look, it's, it's painful. You're heavy. You've got a yeah. litany of disgusting symptoms yeah. and side effects that I won't go into. It's just, it's hard yakka. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And there's a reason why us women carry these babies. Because as 100%. you said, you know, Freya asked you, if you could carry your yeah. baby, would you? And I said, of course I would. <laughs> because why would you say no? It's not like if you say yes, they're going to be like, okay, you got to do it now. It's a great empty promise. Guys, I would say... <laughs> Always say yes to that question and just be like... Always say yes to anything that you know is not yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's uh, um, genetically, yeah, exactly. strategically, whatever. Just yeah, all yes. that. Oh, if, we were, if we were in space, would you, would, you, would you sacrifice yourself for me? Of course, baby. Of course I would. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you have my last I oxygen. She, I, hope she, I hope she has to hold you to that one day. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's um, carry on then. Yep. We're off the last two games. Central Coast Mariners, things started off really well for them in Wellington. Mm. Um, Wellington looked toilet mm. in that opening um, I think it was that, that first half really I thought Wellington looked tremendously ordinary uh, they were really bad and I thought what's happened to you? Central Coast came out they had a good positive start, lots yep. of energy yep. lots of enthusiasm going forward many yep. many proactive runs 
And then what happens? Kyrolls gets sent off and it yep. all goes to shit. We, we saw it against Sydney Another FC. For them once again. We saw it against Sydney FC. You know, they were playing well. 1-0 up, doing well. Cissay. Cissay has a moment of madness and... Off he goes. There you go. Um, and yeah, and it happened again. Now, I, to be honest with the CSA one, that was more, I thought that was stu- more stupid because it was in kind of the middle of the pitch, it was less threatening position. Whereas in this situation, Krishna was thrown goal and yep. probably going to score. Now, talk me through the decision on that penalty because we know that um, double jeopardy now and yep. obviously changed the rules and what happens. And mm. my understanding from what the commentary team said was, and yep. from watching it and then listening to Corey explain it, was yep. because he pushed yep. him, his hand in the back, yep. that's why it resulted in a red. Had he just slid in on him yeah. and that it ends up being an unfortunate mistimed tackle or whatever yeah. else, you have to then it's just a yellow and a pen. You have to play the ball kind Correct. of thing. You have to kind of attempt to go for the ball. So you can't just rip him down. Da, da. Or, but, you know, it's complicated. But, yeah, I, I did think it was a penalty. Um, you know, pen, yeah. They scored. Uh, I thought um, Killian Shedron changed the game. For, Sheridan is yeah, a Sheridan, freak. yeah. Came off. Oh, my god! I think he looks like a really good signing. He did it as well against the Wanderers he when Wellington unreal. played that. Yeah, he came on. Caused havoc, Re- really great player. Um, so I think it's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I think another good win for Roods and Co. And that's the thing. Like Roods has like done a revolution over there. But you know, like a playing group that's happy to be there, Stolich. Absolutely, they and you know what? That shows you like. Let's be honest, Roods, with respect to that playing squad. No one before the start of the season was going. That's a great, great squad. You know, there were some definitely some solid players in there, and positive signs. Yeah, exactly. And you thought, okay, maybe I thought they would make the six, but more on the six part than the higher up. But they have, they have, I think, outperformed everyone's expectations. They've come together as a group. Everything seems to be going well there, and it showed in that win that they had that belief in the second half to go through and and really improve their performance. Um, Krishna's on fire, nine goals this season, doing spectacularly well. Yeah, for me, it would be a Krishna. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Lafondra as well, obviously, eleven goals. But so I think uh, you know, there's. I actually didn't think this season that there was going to be Wellington were going to have depth, as in now Rudes has a headache. You know, Williams has been good, Krishna has been good. But this new Irish guy, no, killing, Sheridan. yeah, Sheridan's I think, in there. To be honest, I, I do think that Williams um, is better off the bench for them. I know that he yeah. has the capacity to score, but look at when he scored for them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 65th minute. Yeah. So for me, he's been handier there. I would keep Sheridan on. I'd yeah. start him. Yeah. Um, and then bring uh, Williams on into the game if you're, if you're chasing it and you need to win it. Yeah, and also, I think um, the Knicks have their next four games are Victory Away, Sydney at Home, City Away, and Glory Away. So, so I think they're unbeaten since November, but this is a big, big test. These next four games, massive test. Yeah. But really good vibes about the place. And you know what? It's massively important they do well on the field and get massive crowds off the field. They had 10,000 people there, but they need to be pushing. So this is what Matt Percival has written in to say via Facebook. Good day to you, Matt. Shout out, Matt. Hello, Matt. Yeah, I see you on Twitter. Yeah. World Game Lives. Thanks for joining us. Just as well, they are doing really well, reference to the Knicks, Um, especially after the conversations of whether or not they deserve to keep their license. So we understand that... Football Federation of Australia have said that they need to meet certain metrics to be able to retain their license. And yeah. that's 
getting certain crowd figures to the games and, and obviously performing and how they're yeah. going along um, in the season. So they had a fabulous crowd turn up as well at the, at the weekend. Yeah, 10,000. The, the fans yep. are starting to come back now. And why wouldn't you? Because they're doing so well. The shirt's off in the 80th minute. People yeah. get their cans out. Yep. They're having a grand old time over there in Wellington. Yep. Um, but I think it would be interesting to see just how well they can continue this run when, as you said, they've got um, a big test coming up. Mariners, yeah. a lot of talk around them uh, at the moment here uh, via our social media on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, they've choked again. Yep. Um, Rumours that Mike Mulvey is actually going to be signing players in January, which is what he alluded to in the post-match interview that he had uh, after Sydney FC, saying, watch this space. Mm. So don't ask me for intel, because well, I'm not giving you any intel. But I don't have any intel. I would say um, also there... Their youth team is coming second in their division. So maybe there's an opportunity for some young players to step up there. So you know, I will say I thought it was great that uh, Tommy Orr was back starting for the Mariners. Yeah, it's been I think I think it was round four that he last started a game, and you know he created chances. I thought he looked like one of the the good attacking outlets for the uh, Mariners. So, and I think to be honest, if they'd had him for longer parts of the season, maybe their fortunes would have been a bit better. And if they'd managed to retain Ross McCormick as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those were the two kind of big signings that I was excited about the Mariners this season. You know, obviously McCormack, uh, or, and then of course Usain Bolt, if I thought was going to be spectacular. Oh, please, don't mention that man's name again. You want to upset me, don't you? Why would you want to upset a pregnant sick person? Last game, Melbourne victory two, Newcastle Jets Yes. One. We've spoken about the absence of Keske Honda, um, and it's a big absence, right? Yep. As we mentioned earlier, I think you can really notice that he's missing yeah. them. Just that in-cut play going forward um, you can see that he's, he's really missed there yep. but Terry Antonis I touched on him earlier why fantastic. he call up to the soccer fantastic squad is goal. beyond me fantastic fantastic goal Jimmy Troisi also scoring in the 84th minute Kane mm. Shepard um, getting that goal in the 78th minute for Newcastle Jets but Jets they're also struggling I mean, they can't score goals they can't they can't score. I mean I just think it's like they have uh, they've scored 14 goals this season 14 goals in 13 games the only one who scored less is the Mariners. Yep. And the Mariners actually played the game less there. So, uh, yeah, they just cannot score goals. I think it was a massive issue having O'Donovan out for so long. He was out for 10 weeks or something before the thing. So that's your kind of starstruck. They didn't find anyone to replace him. He's now having a slow start to the season, I think, obviously, because he's been out for so Scoring long. sporadically here. Yeah, but he, he's lacked that match fitness, Still that raging, thing. Though. Yeah, I think, I think so, but... Man, your best ability is availability, right? Mm. And when you're unavailable for nine games or something to start the season, how valuable are you to the team? So, you know, I think Jair hasn't been very great, very inconsistent. Yeah, I think they massively missed Naboo. Naboo went, I know, halfway through last season. But yeah. I thought him, Petrados, even Vargas, they all had that great combination. It's just not working at the moment. They, they had something like... Uh, something Some ridiculous amount of shots or something, but... Yeah, I Murray, just think... Murray McKeon uh, yeah. via Facebook season over for the Jets, question mark. I mean, they're on 12 points. Adelaide United, 19 points. It's close. It's close to over. They need... Unless O'Donovan finds a score, and they need to go on a run, and O'Donovan needs to go on a run. So here's the question then, um, before we wrap up conversation around the A-League and touch yeah. on a few key Premier League results. Um, yeah. If you are Jets, Western Sydney, Brisbane Raw, and Central Coast, now in the absence of promotion relegation... Yeah. You said, I mean, you spoke about Brisbane and said their ambition should be just to 
play the kids and see what they can get out of the rest of the season and plan for the future already. Yep, I'd say the Mariners what, as well in that what boat. What the F is your motivation? What are you striving for week in, week out? Are you still thinking it's possible for us to get ourselves out of this scenario? Or are you just looking to, to fix what you can on the fly and already start thinking about what you need to do to change things up for next season? I think in this situation, what happens, and one of the problems with the A-Leg is that so many players are on one-year contracts. Yep. So now these... That's why we see such a massive turnover rate. Yeah, exactly. And now these players in these clubs that probably know they're not going to make the finals, there's less collective effort and there's more individual effort. So they start looking at it going, you know what? It's not about us winning games. It's about me winning a contract next season. And maybe you'll see some really good individual performances, and but you might see some more selfish play. Because, yeah, people are now playing for their livelihoods, let's be honest. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the motivation at the moment individually. As a team, now you've got to look at... I think still Newcastle should be pushing for the finals. You never know. Adelaide could have a bit of a stumble. Mm-hmm. You can get, get back there. Um, the Wanderers... Ten points. We're halfway point of the season. Yeah. You've still got to keep going, but... You want to start picking up points soon. And you know what? i got to say, with Kwame Yeboah, I think they are going to start to pick up points. I think... Ah. Viet Ton via Facebook. Good yep. day to you, Viet. Uh, the motivation should be pride for the badge. Yep, well, I get it. But let's be real. How much pride can you have for the badge when you are only signed on, say, six months to a year contract? Yeah. And, and you, you played for four different teams. Exa- and you are. You hmm. are concerned that you're potentially going to be going elsewhere come season's end. Let's be honest. There's always, in any game, we're playing table football. There's always going to be competitiveness. There's always, there's always going to be pride. We're always, I'm going to try and win every single game that I ever play, oh, right? An offer goes off the there desk. There you go. See you later. That was a, <laughs> that was a one, one, one flick contract. That was a short there you go. Released. There you go. Thank that you very was, much. That was six months. Um, just here we go. I have a go. There we go. Boom. There we go. Possession football. There we go. Tiki taka. Yeah. Um, carry on. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah, it is. I don't know what you're saying. Pride, and you want to see that. But realistically, I think there's a lot of individual motivation and a lot of collective motivation. It's just hard, again, because this is where we talk about, you know, why the league's reached such a stagnant point. And we think to ourselves, well, if you are a fan of Newcastle, West Sydney, Brisbane and Central Coast, you've got no reason really to turn up and support your team now anymore, do you? Because you're not going to get relegated. No. And you sort of think to yourself, well, I'm not going to go and back a losing team now. I've had enough. You know, we all often talk about how fans should be there to support your team. Yeah, no matter what. But But in reality, it doesn't happen. You're making questionable decisions. Um, and you're feeling like things aren't going your way, whether it be coaching, whether it be recruitment, whatever it is, uh, you do become disenchanted and it yeah. is difficult. And not only that, on that, yes. uh, I've been reading stories about Brisbane Raw, the Den, the active support there. They're, they're having, I think, a protest against um, because they have massive issues with security there and banners being taken away and certain members oh, and all these kinds of things being ejected. It's ridiculous. But, but even as well, the Wanderers the other day at ANZ Stadium, it was raining. It was against uh, Wellington. Yep. It was pissing down. I think it was like the third home game in eight days or something. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was 8,000 yeah, 8, people there. Terrible storm. And as the rain started... The security wouldn't let them go to the seats undercover when it's like they're completely empty. There's 8,000 people in an 80,000-seater stadium. Too many times in this uh, country, the fans, especially active fans, are treated incredibly poorly by the game. And let me tell you something. 
it will be a massive, it will come back to bite us in the ass so hard because that's one of the best things about the A-League is the atmosphere that the active supporters generate. And the RBB have had problems. Melbourne Victory had problems last season with yep. their active support. I think they disbanded for a while. Melbourne City's active fans disbanded. So, so many times there's been issues and I really think the FA has to intervene and really 100% get that right next season. But, starts, but again, why are we having these conversations again? This yeah. is the biggest issue that I have with all of this. Um, James Worth, what are your thoughts on the Den not being in attendance for the next home match due to an altercation with club officials last match? Yeah. Don't go. Look, I've, uh, I don't want to be one of those people who says, oh, you should be there and play the politically correct card. So you should be there every week supporting your team through thick yeah. and thin, blah, blah, blah. No, but make a stand. Um, because unfortunately, we're in a situation now where that's the only thing that's going to get these club officials to start listening. Yeah. Y- your fans are the lifeblood. These are people that are paying money to come and support your yeah. club and to watch your games and to cheer you on, even when there's not the slightest chance in hell that you're probably going to be playing finals football. So let's start treating the fans with a bit more respect and not like they're effing criminals every week. I've yeah. had enough. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid that we're having this conversation ridiculous. again. When are we going to get it right? The, the amount of security there yeah, is oppressive. and. And yeah, you're right, it's treated like criminals and, it, and it's, I think the protesting is interesting because, you know what, these clubs, they don't mind chance, they'll ignore them, banners, they'll yeah, ignore them, but you know what, as soon as you start hitting their pocket, oof, that's, that's, when, when, that's when the motivation, that's when they get up to do some work. So maybe you've got to hit their pocket for a bit and then we'll see fans getting treated correctly, yep, which is really unfortunate, but... It is what it is. But you've got to do what you've got to do to yeah. get them to pay attention. And sadly, it is with these big boycotts or, you know, abandoning yeah. um, your post altogether. Or do really cool protests, like I've seen in Germany, where they were complaining, for example, that ticket prices were the same as, like, a tennis uh, <laughs> match. And so they all, the Dortmund yeah, fans, snuck in tennis balls on the field. Through, and it was like, amazing. You had to stop the game. You had to pick up a thousand <laughs> tennis balls. It looked incredible. It, we went worldwide. You, you bring uh, kind of... Uh, you know, media coverage to your cause by doing something. So, you know, you want to, oh my God, there's a, we've, we've been zoomed into. Hi there, how are you? Sorry oh about that. God, oh, well, it's been zoomed out again. The, to, the, yeah, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a warning. Yeah, it just like, says. I told you to cut it like 10 minutes nah, ago. But you know what it is? I thought, I, cut I, it in just a moment. I have to get to the butcher. They're holding some meat for oh, me. Oh yeah? It was, it was a dramatic, that sounds like a euphemism, but it was a dramatic, uh, <laughs> Kind of. No, I, I was making a good point. I these really nice lamb cofters and I was like, yeah, that's it. I was like, go and get them. He there went we there this morning. Sorry to bore you all, but no, like, no. no, they haven't made them yet. So nice. the butcher is holding them for us. And Shout I out butcher. Back there. So thank you to the guys at um, Nevin Jim's up at the Central Coast in Erinna. <laughs> that sounds like the most Nevin Jim's. That sounds the most Aussie butcher ever. If you're watching, which I'm sure they're not, can you get more of that barbecue sauce in? I've had Jack and shit about, no, we don't have it in stock yet. Nevin Jim, get some jamon serrano. Oh, I can't have it at the moment. I can't oh, be yeah, it's true. Yeah, I tell you, sucks. I miss that more than coffee, more than wine. I'm not a big drinker anyway, but if oh, I could have... A p- and that's what I miss when yeah. I went down to see my family after Christmas. Sure. Me and my old man, we sit around the table, we put out some prosciutto yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have it with that crusty Italian bread. Oh. Croatians really do really good cold meats. We do. When, I, when, I, was in, when I was so in Croatia. The Spanish, all, all, oh. all Southern Europe, if it's touching, touching the Mediterranean, <laughs> let me tell you, it's, it's good. good. It's good. Greek, stuff. Italian, French, Lebanese. Did I tell you that I brought my dad a leg of prosciutto for Christmas when I didn't know what to buy him? Yeah, perfect. From Spain. It's called the El Conquistador. And he loved it? $170. Yeah. Molded. Absolutely molded. It's the best. Sure, I ate more of it than it's what the he best. did, but anyway. Let's cover off the big six before we wrap yep. up and I have to go to Nevin Jim's. Cool. Um, Manchester United, mm. we're going over the Premier League now if you've just joined yep. us. They are the real deal, Stolich. Yes. They defeated Spurs yep. at Wembley 1-0 thanks to a Rashford goal. David De Gea was absolutely 
exceptional yep. in goals. Yep. Um, they are finally, Amazing. we can start talking about them in the vein of contenders, potentially for top four. The title's out. Yeah, title's the question now. <laughs> yeah. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, wow. Amazing. Got the job done. Amazing. Amazing what it is. You know what's funny? It's like people are saying, oh, he's getting the best out of Paul Bogba. Paul Bogba was already a great player. Paul Bogba was a, the World Cup winner, the central midfielder of a World Cup winning team. And Mourinho just got the worst out of him. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's, and all the signs are saying, well, you know what? He's letting us uh, push up. He's letting us get into the box. And you're seeing it. And he's letting us play the fullbacks go higher. And you know what? Even David De Gea, who was actually really out of form at the start of the season. Wasn't he honky? Yeah. He was saying, you know, he's brought back the happiness in the dressing room. And you know what? We've all been in shitty workplaces. We've all been in places where we don't want to be. Never here, though, damn it. Never here. We're Absolutely not. Here. We're, always, we're always playing games and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, everyone has a shit boss. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes. Not us. Not us. Shout out to all the bosses. <laughs> Let me know about that performance review that's coming up. Um, no, but yeah, I, I think it's just release them. And yeah, Dove De Gea had a great game. And I want to say, honestly, Tottenham, they have been the intern of this championship race. All right? Intern. The intern. They were around, Fetching but they copies. weren't involved at all. All right? They were close to the action, but they had absolutely no involvement. All right? It's been every time you think, okay, Tottenham, here we go. Are they going to be there? No, they're not. So, no, you know what? Uh, and I think uh, amazing uh, game from Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford as well, really come through from... So, yeah, really good times. What Man United are relying on, though, is for Arsenal and Chelsea to start to bottle it. Yeah. That's what they're relying on because you've got Arsenal. So, they're both actually on equal points. Yeah, with separated Arsenal. Separated by goal difference. Well, Arsenal are starting to bottle um, it. What was that? 1-0 oh, against West Ham. Bad, bad. But then you had Crap. Samir Nasri. How yeah, about nice. He's come back into the nice. league. Absolutely razzled in that game. You know what? I thought actually for a while that Nasri might be a good choice for A-League marquee because he was out of the game a bit. He was playing in Turkey. It didn't seem like... If you've got an option to go going. back to the Prem, let's yeah, exactly. go back to the Prem. And you know, he's only 31, I think. So, he's... 31? Really, he's still got so. a lot to offer. Yeah, and he did really well. Evidently did. Chelsea nice goal, two, Declan Rice as well. Chelsea 2, Newcastle United yes. 1. I was listening to Talk Sport Live um, yeah. because I think Macquarie Sport here in Australia actually get the Premier League commentary yep. here. Yep. And I always listen to it when I'm driving home after nice. one of our late night stints. And mm. I love the commentary on the Newcastle goal, actually. Yeah. It goes, um, like a rare dodo egg, it's a Newcastle <laughs> goal. And I was like, it's so true. It's true. They are stinking. Wow. And Andarafa Benitez, I mean, the poor bastard, he just didn't get the money that he needed to spend and yeah. that's why they've ended up in this. situation. Mike, Mike Ashley, the owner, is terrible no Tied matter us. what Rio Ferdinand tells you. Tuesday every day over at that club. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. and it's a shame because they're a massive club and, and they should uh, get the backing that a massive club deserves but... Benitez is doing well under the circumstances. Uh, I thought what David Luiz had a great game for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought Hazard did well as well. So, Chelsea plugging along there, you know, under Surrey. How about this for a stinker of a game? Yeah, Chelsea, look, they're, they're doing okay. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, they haven't been that it's impressive, his, I will say. It's his first season. Well, I'll give him, give him a bit of time. I still rate him, though. Yeah, I rate him, too. A bit of Sardi ball. We yeah. all love it. We've all got time for it. How about this for a stinker? Cardiff nil, Huddersfield town nil. Yeah. And I only say that because Huddersfield, man, they're in deep, deep shit. Yeah. They're on 11 points. They've only won twice after 22 games. Yep. You've got to say, David Wagner and co, as sad as it would be because of the Aaron Moy factor, it looks like they're, they're gone. Listen, Go down to the championship Aaron, and just spare us all the grief. Aaron, we know you're watching. Please tell me you haven't bought a house in Huddersfield. <laughs>
because it's going to be time to move soon. Look, I imagine right. though he would have something in his contract. I hope he has something in his contract which stipulates if they have to go back down to the championship. Yeah, release. Relegation, release course. Wings and yep. fly elsewhere in the Premier League. But in the relegation zone, you've got Newcastle on 18 points. Yep. Only one point separating them and the 17th place, Cardiff, um, who are also toilet, by the way. Um, yep. And then you've got Fulham. For me, one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah, massive. It's about 100 million coming into this. them to be so much better than yeah. they are. But then, of course, they've got Ranieri in there. So yeah, there's so much. Them from the it doesn't make sense. They've got Ranieri. They've got Sherla, who's got a great goal, actually, yeah. against Burnley. But the show is a World Cup winner. Uh, you got Mitrovic, who was scoring for fun uh, in the championship, and it's been scoring for Fulham this season. You have Ryan Sesson, young young play, John Michael Seri, who they were, at one stage was linked with Barca. So yep. there's been so many. I don't know. It's very frustrating. Very yeah, frustrating for them. But the, yeah, and then you got Huddersfield down the, the bottom, defense so. has been stinking. No bueno, no, no bueno. bueno, no bueno. Um, all right, what else have we got here? Just quickly before we wrap up, uh, Liverpool beat uh, mm. Brighton uh, and Hove Albion away one 0 thanks to that Salah. Penalty. Uh, How are you feeling about Liverpool? Like, in terms of... Because they get shaky, to... Shaky, yeah, bit edgy. I feel like every single game now with Liverpool is going to be a countdown. It's on like a knife set. Yeah. 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 You get yeah. to half-time and it's nil-nil. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. We haven't broken. We haven't broken the deal. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you know what? Point, I actually think Liverpool away games are going to be easier than Liverpool home games because home games, the whole crowd is no, going to no, be no, feeling... No. Home games is like a party for us. That's a fortress. That's where we're at our strongest. I reckon... The record at home is incredible. I think that we're, we're just... Good to be at home. You watch, uh, you watch the next games at home. When it's nil all at halftime, or when they go one nil down, you're gonna feel the anxiety around the stadium. There's and then is, this, this, there's too much history there now. It's just, it's plain. So, you know what? It's gone. I hope we get a tighter race to the end of the season because I really actually quite like the drama. Look, it's been fascinating. It has. I mean, yeah. seven points clear uh, of our nearest competitor, which is Manchester City. But they, yeah. of course, have their game to play out uh, at the Etihad against Wolves. We know that the last time they met in the reverse fixture at Molyneux Stadium, Wolves uh, drew 1-1 yeah. with them. And far out, they actually gave it to them. Yeah. And that was probably, for me, one of the more fascinating fixtures of the season. I know it sounds odd. Um, but I just loved what the Wolves did to them. Um, yep. And what they've done to a lot of the big six teams, it's the lower tier teams yeah. that I need to start beating. They've got shades of Liverpool in them, you know. Mm. They go and they play the big teams, they yep. thrive, they go and play like a palace, and then they lose. But yep. we've, at Liverpool, shaken those shackles off quite yep. freely, but Wolves need to. But how do you see that one going? And Because this now, too, mm. there's pressure on City stage. Massive. And you don't, I think, you don't want to be the one playing second. No. Right? So I think that's always the annoying thing. So Liverpool win and now it's like we absolutely have to beat Wolves so it's always that it's just that extra pressure but I think City have turned a corner since that Liverpool game I think we saw them obviously win 9-0 in the cup but then they um, they won their other Premier League game and I forget it but it was a, a big margin but I just feel like they were worried about Liverpool mm -hmm. they came through that with the win now there's massive confidence in that squad. Now they know. Now that's scary. Yeah, now they know, okay, boom, 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 we can we can do it. And you know what? We've still got De Bruyne to come back to his full... I know he's playing in and out. We've missed De Bruyne a lot yeah. this season. Poor but Barcelona. he's going to... can't get fit. And so much of that has to do with the yep. World Cup hangover strategy. Exactly. And I, and I think as well, we've got Mendy, who's going to come back at left back they eventually. Need him. They need him. I think he's going to be a big difference when he comes back. So I think City are definitely going to win that one. Nick Christou, one Shout out, uh, Nick Christou. own here at SBS. Oh, man, one of the oldest. One of our own, um, whether you're here or not. One um, of the OGs. Nick Christou served here for many, many years. I think mm. he was about 13, wasn't it, Nicky? If you have to correct me, by all means, yep. do. But... Um, nobody knows the NPL better than Nick Christou. Like, this guy could walk into our archive system and turn
turn it on its head because he knows it back to front. The NSL, yeah. uh, Liverpool players seem a lot calmer than right, us fans. Okay. It's very true. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan and I don't go into anything confidently. I didn't go into that game confidently against Brighton. I certainly didn't yeah. go into that game confidently against Manchester City because I just thought anything, anything. Well, you know what I think helps is that Alisson and Van Dijk have been so good, yeah, so, so good that the Liverpool players, like, there's this idea of, like, you can be as attacking as you have the confidence in your defence. So you know if you've got really great defenders behind you, boys, let's go forward, let's play. We can take risks because we know even if we lose the ball and it goes back, well, they've got to get past Van Dijk, who pretty much intercepts everything, who runs down everything, who's a colossal. And then if they get past Van Dijk, they've got to get past Allison, who's... Who's getting past Van Dyke first and foremost? He's, exactly. We've given him the nickname the Mop. So, he's just cleaning everything up. He's yeah. everywhere Be- at once. Because of that, I think Liverpool players yep. are a lot more confident than, say, when uh, Lovren and uh, Carrius were back there. Oh my God. Not well, so much Lovren, confidence Lovren in the Carrius. Right, so it's forced us into a bit of a crisis at yeah. the back there in the central defensive partnership alongside um, Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, yeah. Because then we had to have Fabinho. Yeah. Playing that role. He got caught out a few too many times for my liking as well. Not his natural position. He's capable, but that's not an optimal scenario. Matip's still coming back from injury. In the uh, FA Cup, they, they played the um, 16-year-old, the Dutch 16-year-old. Yeah, I right. liked him. I debut. liked him. He looked it's good. He looked good. Yeah. Against but Wolves in the FA Cup. But one to watch for the future. Get rid of the Cup for us. The less fixtures we have to worry about, the better. Uh, the magic of the Cup. Everyone <laughs> wants to get rid of it. Uh, uh, someone said, I think it was Victor, to a comment from you uh, via Facebook saying Spurs to win the FA Cup and the league. Ha, 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 keep dreaming. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. It's good to end on a funny note, but I want to end on a more positive note too. Well, a uh, positive note in the way that we're spreading the message, yep. uh, but less positive in the way of the circumstances um, for Australian refugee. Uh, it's been an absolute horrible, horrible, um, I think it's now we're up to 49 days. 49 days. Uh, 49 days, yep. days now that he has been uh, detained in Thailand, falsely, by the way, thanks to an erroneous... Uh, uh, red notice, an Interpol red notice that was doing the rounds and saw him get arrested in Thailand, um, and that is none other than Hakim Al Harabi, uh, the Bahraini international who was granted refugee status in Australia in 2017. Mm. Went on a trip with his wife. If you don't know the story, you should know by now because we're talking about it uh, endlessly now because we want to see Hakim returned uh, back to Australia. But quickly, so that your thoughts on the whole scenario. I mean, to me, it's one of these incredibly sad situations that we have in humanity where if there wasn't people making a lot of money in terms of Thailand from Bahrain's oil contracts, then he would be back home in Melbourne playing for Pasco Vale. Mm-hmm. But because, unfortunately, you know, uh, Thailand makes money off Bahrain, they're not willing to compromise this relationship. And it's just like, it, it's, this is the thing, we don't, so often, human beings get mistreated because of greed. And that's what's happening in this case. So it, it's a, the Australian government has uh, to answer questions about why they said, yep, it's okay for you to go to Thailand. And then he wasn't, you know, they should be protecting him as a refugee. And now, he, you know, he's been caught and he's been caught for speaking out against the government, which is one of the great values, I think, of Australia and a lot of kind of... Well, the, free, the rest of the free world that often take yeah, that for granted. Exactly. And, you know, like, you know, I've been critical of all sides of politics while being paid by the government, essentially, 75% funded by the public, public broadcasters. So, yeah, I think he's been falsely imprisoned for something here that we actually pride ourselves in. We always, everyone slags off you know, politicians and enjoys doing it. Um, 
And yeah, so I think it's just a really sad situation. We've been charged with something that he um, he says is completely bogus. Yeah. Um, for vandalising a police station yeah. uh, in Bahrain, but uh, but he was playing a game at the he time. He was playing a game at the time. Yeah. Uh, so it's just been a horrible, horrible scenario. And the reason why I bring it up is because I'm calling on everybody that's that's watching here today that that's fans of mm. football, that's friends of football, and within the community. This isn't just a football issue; it's a human rights yeah. issue. Anything we can do to help raise awareness because that's ultimately what this is about and we have had feedback where we've been told that any letters of support that are being sent to the Thailand Prime Minister or the Australian government they do actually help it's not mm. one of those things where you hear oh you know do this and, and, no. and, and spread the word and get the hashtag out there and it's just going to fall on deaf ears no 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 the Thailand government are seeing all of these letters they are responding to it they are seeing it so make sure you visit um you know our great colleague Craig Foster has just been so wonderful in driving this campaign mm. And he's so self-deprecating. Um, we mentioned it on our coverage when I spoke to him about it. He said, look, it's not just me. I know it's not just Foz, but he is driving it a lot. And yeah. um, and he's and he's got all of the information that you need to know. Um, very active on Twitter about it, on who the, the people are that you need to speak to. I myself have written a letter to the Thailand Prime Minister calling for Hakim's release. So anything you can do to spread the word is exactly what we need here and now. It's about putting on the pressure in order to raise awareness. So use the hashtag SafeHakim, and like I said, do what you can. Write to the Asian Football Confederation, write to the Thailand Prime Minister, write to Maurice Payne, our Foreign Minister yeah. here in Australia, and do everything you can to make sure that Hakim comes back to Australia safely. Guys, for all of the stories on another note that we have discussed here today, make sure that you do head to the World Game website. You can download a whole lot of other content, not just stories, but um, we've got fabulous opinion pieces. We'll also have the World Game uh, show for any of the action that you may have missed over the weekend so you can download that stream earlier on today or you can catch it on TV tonight from 11pm in the east we are back for more Premier League action next weekend mm. very excited actually well this weekend really when you talk about it in that context Sunday morning January the 20th for Manchester United yep. at Old Trafford taking on Brighton and Hove Albion yeah. They seem to be the real deal after form team. the Spurs. Can they carry on that form? We're looking very forward to bringing that to you. Like I said, 1.30 a.m. in the East is when things kick off. Yep. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to say other than thanks for your company. Hey, so thank you. I want to say a quick shout-out to uh, Luis Suarez, who was amazing for Barca today. 3 Oh, my gosh. What about and Messi? Let's give yeah. a shout-out to him. 400 La Liga goal. Yeah. That's disturbing. I think it's in, like, 409 games oh, or something. Oh, that makes me almost sick. It's that good. No, yeah, not bad. Not bad for the... Fifth best player in the world. <laughs> what a joke just that to, was, Just by to the remember. Way. And a big shout-out to the team here, uh, Steve Detz yes. and Co, for the, uh, the, the table football competition going on this weekend. We mentioned the details. Yep. It's going on at the Margaret Whitlam Recreation Centre in Waverley this weekend. January the 19th and 20th, which is this weekend. It is the Australian Table Football Grand Prix, and you can also get yourself one of these as well. This is the starter kit. It goes for about $80, but very, very cool. Um, we, we, we love all of the supporters of us here at the World Game. We appreciate it very much, but this is becoming a part of our set now. For yeah, for now. sure. So thanks to Steve Detre and Co for all of their support. But in the meantime, on behalf of myself and Solich and the entire team here at everybody here at the World Game, it's Das Vidanya, and we'll see you again next Monday. We love your company. Make sure you keep tuning in because we do enjoy it very much. Ciao. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was a rush. That was a rush one.